0: Text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Oh, why do you do Now, The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin.
1: a good Wednesday afternoon to you. And yes, it is time for the McFarland Show. Darren and Justin here with you. And we are live in the Strikers Bear Family Fun Center studio today. Our second to last show of 2023. Damon Keene is alongside. Tomorrow will be our final broadcast for the calendar year. And then we'll see you in 2024. We've got another loaded show. We're excited for it. Steve Lehman from News Channel 5 will catch up with us. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll have our NFL
2: top 10, week, what is the 17? Week 17, what used to be the last week of the season. Oh, no. Uh, or actually, is it week 18? Uh, 16. No, week 17. Week 17. This is week, oh, no. What's the matter? Oh, no. What happened? He's saying, oh, no, quite a oh, bit. Oh, no. You left the top 10? <laughs> I I left my
1: folder. Yeah, I did it, and that's why I had it in a different because I had mine all worked up.
2: And so you left your top ten somewhere. The folder.
1: Yeah, I left the folder
2: at home. Okay. Um,
1: well, I'll have to get that. I'll have to get. You'll you have screen, to get, a yeah. screenshot. But say, of do that. you have
2: support back at the house that I can help you out hope with that? So okay.
1: I have a a sick one, a little one at home. Yeah. And I know they've got to go to the doctor in about twenty minutes, so I'm gonna.
2: Oh, then send, I send think I help. need
1: to uh, Yeah, I think I need to. Go for help Send here. a text right now. Yeah, that may help Send here. A smoke screen, SOS. That may help here. Can, SOS. Can you get them to all those careful pieces? <laughs> Let's
2: say Damon <laughs> is.
1: Jack covered us. Damon is, is requesting
2: it? more goodies from Did Darren's you say kitchen. you your
1: grandmother, your mother made that? Who made that?
2: It's the mother-in-law. Yes, mother-in-law. You mm-hmm.
1: tell her we love her very much. Yes. Now yeah. I will pass it along. She'll be uh, yeah. happy to hear that. Um, She'll be happy to hear. She worked hard on that stuff, and she can cook. For sure. Okay. The sweets were a
2: hit. so
1: I you, said, I told these guys, eat them up. I'm not taking them home with me. They're here. The Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. They're staying right here. Everything's gone.
2: Okay. No pressure. Now, if you need to go ahead and send the message, um, did you want to start with the Vols, or what are you doing? Yeah,
1: yeah, let's do that. All, All right, right, so Why let me, you, let me chat here. It,
2: let me chat a little bit while you send the message here. Uh, the Tennessee Volunteers, are. Uh, they have already arrived in Orlando And they are set to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's coming up in the Cheese It's Citrus Bowl happening down there on New Year's Day. Uh, The Vols are seven and a half point favorites, last time I looked anyway they were, over Iowa uh, to win this football game in the Citrus Bowl. Now, the big uh, story that has come out of Florida today is the fact that the Vols' starting quarterback, Joe Milton, is not going to be the starting quarterback anymore. He is out for this game, and it is going to be. can I n- say it. Go for it.
1: It's Nico time in Tennessee. No, that is not it. Nico oh. time. He wanted. He wanted the full name. <laughs> oh, the no. challenge. I'm not even going to do like, that. Like Nico time. Like Nico, that's something I would do. No, no, don't no, do that. No, See, I'm no. not
2: even going to try. It. My tongue is not warmed up enough. <laughs>
1: we don't have vents to do today. it.
2: So. You know, you you are you're sounding like the uh, the the guys from ESPN, right? <laughs> who couldn't get it done either. But it, the, yeah, <laughs>
1: Nico time.
2: Yeah, you know, Nico. I, I, no, 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 no. Um, but it is Nico time. Uh, for the volunteers uh, who have been waiting long uh, for this young man to to take the field, and so they're going to get a knifeful uh, coming up here on New Year's Day. Uh, it is going to to put a little life, I think. Vol fans have seen what they needed to see out uh, of Joe Milton. Uh, we appreciate his service. And uh, now it's time to move on to this next next wave that I believe is going to be a more of a return to the Hinden Hooker Tennessee volunteer look. Um, that Josh Heupel is going to be able to play the offense that he wants to play with. He could not do the things. It became very obvious early on. That Joe Milton and this version of the Volunteers was not going to be what we saw from Hinden Hooker and the Volunteers the year before. The hurry up offense and the confusion and all those kind of things, we never saw it this year out of that football team. We never saw that class. We never saw the explosion of points. We never, and I believe a lot of that had to do with the quality of the quarterback play. And I believe now that the quality of the quarterback play is going to improve, I think it will be anyway from Nico. Um, we are going to see a a, a much better offensive output from the Volunteers, which I believe will equal more wins. Now, is it enough wins to win the SEC? That is the part of this that uh, is the biggest question mark. Is it enough now to get into the 12-team playoff? That is also the biggest question mark here, and how far can they go if they get there? But I believe that this will lead to more points. I expect the Vols, if all goes well, to start putting up 40 a game, Uh, A lot like they did last year. Those are my expectations for the Nico era in Knoxville.
1: Joe Milton has said he will be on the sidelines and present and accounted for. Well, good, but
2: it's not going to play.
1: Why? Honestly, I have no idea. It's his choice. Uh, That's fine. I, I know he's had an invite to the Senior Bowl. That's cool way the over under has gone down to 35 and a half i want to see what the over we talked about it was this yesterday 36 it was 36 and a, and a half it went down a point well and the line has gone down so i honestly like i'm confused people by people think
2: there's gonna be some hiccups they think the iowa defense I, has something for nico
1: i mean i get it maybe the odds makers
2: don't uh, I don't, maybe I don't maybe know. they don't know. I don't know.
1: I mean, they do, but they don't. Yes, they maybe they don't.
2: Maybe they maybe they don't. They say, oh, so uh, the line's uh, gone uh, down uh, two points,
1: and the over under has gone down a point with what we believe is the better option. I mean, okay. That, o- I mean, okay.
2: Now, is it true that they haven't had really time to work out the chemistry yet? Could I mean, we be see, Could maybe. we see that? Yeah, we could see that. Uh, you know, to me, all this is is a sampler for next September. Um, whatever happens on, on New Year's Day, this is the sampler for next September. Next September is when I expect the Vols to kick back into high gear. I really do. I've been waiting on Nico for the last year. Whatever Joe Milton did, you know, listen, he, he waited his turn and he got his chance. Good luck and God bless. Nico is the guy, you know, he's the, wasn't he a five-star? He was, of course. Yeah. He was the five-star guy they've been waiting on. He got the NIL money. He got everything. He is the guy that's supposed to deliver for Tennessee over the course of the next two to three years. One of these teams is supposed to pop. And I don't mean just, you know, get 10 wins pop. I mean really pop. You know, like ninety-eight pop. You know, so that, that that's what I'm expecting out of Nico, really.
1: Well, let's
2: I know. Let's pump the brakes. I know.
1: A You're putting a lot I know. of pressure on this young guy. Sorry. Man.
2: Sorry, I mean I understand. I've been, I've been here the whole time, though. So There's yeah, I understand. There's gonna be pressure. I
1: know, <laughs> but I I don't understand what Joe Milton is doing. It's his prerogative. This is a good. This is a good move. I believe this. We just had Vince Ferrara on yesterday. Vince Ferrara told us yesterday. I mean, is there always gonna be interest in the program? Sure. It's a rabid fan mm-hmm. base. Is the interest? At the level maybe it was last year against Clemson? No, not no, even close. No, 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 no. Not even close. Not even close. But this will now give people, and this even gives the casual an opportunity and an, oppor- an opportunity to say, you know what? Or a reason. A reason. There you go. A reason. To turn it on and say, you know what? I do want to see what this young man's all about. And again, it's not going to be the end-all, be-all. It's kind of like Will Levis' first start. We said here... We talked about it all week, right? Is are we going to judge and know after this game? No. Remember we said that. Like, no. But are we gonna start to start to form an idea? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Start to can will there be takeaways? Yeah, there'll be takeaways. Good or bad or both. Usually that's how it works. It's usually mm-hmm. both. Will there be takeaways from Nico? Yes. 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 Yeah. There'll be takeaways. It may be 75% good, 25% bad. It may be 50-50. It may be 75% bad, 25% good. I don't know. I doubt it. But I don't know. We don't know. Mm -mm. We don't know. We need to watch it to see. But this is going to give people a reason now to tune into the cheez bowl Okay? On New Year's Day. Yeah. Just will. Oh, yeah. Because uh, people are going to want to see what this young man's all about. And so I think it's a it's a great move because it now brings a different level of interest to the game nothing against Joe Milton I don't know why he's sitting in and out but he's that's the decision he's made and to me it's good for everybody uh you know whatever happens with Joe Milton moving forward is we'll find out later on I, I don't know what his his future holds I, he'll you know somebody will take a chance on him because he's got a big arm oh. But I, I just don't know. Monster how you, arm. I just don't know how you think it's really gonna change at the next level. Maybe it does. I don't know. He's been in college forever and it really hasn't changed.
2: Big schools. Okay. Best, Big schools. Great facilities, and, best coaching you yeah. can see. I mean and,
1: and he can throw it seventy five yards downfield. We know that. He's got a ease, cannon
2: with ease.
1: But, you know, his accuracy is in question. Has always been in question, and we've seen it firsthand. We've and, watched it and play. Out.
2: Let's not forget the decision making and the decision at times. So is the that end g- of the game where you ran out of bat.
1: Yeah, I mean, is it gonna get better at the next level? I mean, probably not. Mm. But again, someone will fall in love with him at the Senior Bowl, the Combine, and they're gonna fall in love. Oh, with somebody that Somebody will arm.
2: think they can fix it.
1: They're, then they're gonna they're gonna believe that they can fix it. So somebody will take a chance. On Joe Milton. So, Nico in for Tennessee against Iowa in the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando. Sean Payton has decided to sit Russell Wilson. How about that? Whatever.
2: I mean, it, it, okay. Okay. That's fine.
1: What, wow. What, what do you mean, whatever? Whatever. Like, they're still in this thing,
2: aren't yeah. they? Well, They're not out. Te- technically, yeah. Technically, yeah. But you know, if if Sean Payton believes that that uh Jarrett Stidham, Stidham Jarrett gives you a better chance to win football games than Russell Wilson does, then you know then that's on then that's on him. And if that's his belief, he's a Super Bowl winning head coach, and uh, they're paying him the to, to be the head coach. And if he believes that that's the reason why they can't get it done, you know, because he's taking too many sacks or whatever, fine, fine, go for it.
1: Well, there's also financial. Ramifications too. He oh, gets hurt. What? There's thirty seven million dollars in guarantees if he doesn't pass a physical in March. So mm-hmm. there is that. Whether that's played a factor in it, I don't know. One would probably. I think he's set to make next year thirty nine million, and then there's a thirty seven million dollar guarantee if he doesn't pass the physical. In March, there's language in his contract. Yeah, we already yeah. know Denver owes him a bundle of money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, it's not the Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed, yeah, but, a lot deal, of it yeah. but it's a lot. And so I think there is maybe the business side coming into this a little bit, too. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's really more about, hey, I think Jared Sinem gives us the best shot. I do think, uh, and there's obviously something going on behind the scenes. You saw it two weeks ago. Peyton was, you know, chewing out Russell Wilson on the sidelines. So there's something going on. Sure. To what levels, we don't know. Uh, but that was a horrible loss. It um, was a bad loss. It was a bad loss. It's a, a
2: bad loss. There's no question about that. But still, you know, to, to, I feel bad for the fan base there in Denver this having to put up with this kind of, you know, these kind of shenanigans where you're still in the middle of a playoff run and they're benching your your better option at quarterback. For whatever the reason, whether it's financial or personal or whatever, what does it have to do with you who is paying, you know, hundred and seventy-five dollars to sit in the seat mm-hmm. in Denver, Colorado weather and cheer for this team? And I, I gotta sit up here because y'all are doing whatever y'all are doing. You know that that that's that, that's where I'm. You know, that's why I'm saying whatever, man, man. Whatever. All right then. That's how you're gonna be fine.
1: We'll come back. Steve Lehman, News Channel Five, will join us. We'll get into a good conversation with him, like we always do. And we'll do that next. You're on the McFarland Show, Nashville Sports Radio.
3: Everyone loves Nashville right now. It's the perfect family getaway. But it isn't just known for its food, bright lights, and music. It's also known for football. The TransPerfect Music City Bowl is coming to Nissan Stadium on December 30th. Come see Auburn versus Maryland right here in Music City. The music, the food, the fun. Spend your weekend in Nashville. It's your family's perfect start to the new year. Tickets are available now at musiccitybowl.com and on SeatGeek. Brought to you by Tennessee Lottery.
1: That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333.
9: It's the NFL on Sports USA, and we're in the Emerald City as the Pittsburgh Steelers come into Seattle to take on the Seahawks. The Hawks know how to fly thanks to Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf.
10: Geno Smith throwing a slant by the goal line. Is it caught? Yes!
0: Touchdown, D.K. Metcalf!
9: The Steelers always get the stop thanks to the electric defense of T.J. Watt. It's the Steelers at the Seahawks, this Sunday on Sports
5: USA. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. live on WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. You're listening to the McFarland Show live on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. I guess no Christmas music today,
1: but good music nonetheless. Here on the McFarland Show, Darren and Justin here in the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. Steve Lehman, News Channel Five, joins us final time in 2023
10: steve how we doing good guys merry belated christmas happy new year
1: yes sir same to you um thanks one last road game that was by the way that was an interesting uh exchange late in yesterday's presser with mike vrabel on the schedule (laughs) where he was corrected that was that was so weird but anyway awkward but uh on to houston This week to take on the Texans. So we had an interesting call yesterday saying that he was happy that they lost to Seattle because he doesn't want them to win. It it serves no purpose at all other than move them down the draft board. How do you think people should feel about this team in the remaining two games? I mean, we know what the coaches and players are going to say, but how should you root for this team? Should you root for them to win? games especially these division foe games, you know, uh, or should you be rooting for a higher draft pick? What do you think?
10: So Darren, I may be that old get off my lawn guy at this point, but I still have a hard time rooting for teams to tank. I feel like you only get so many opportunities to go out there and play. You got to go try and win. And for the guys on the team, and, and that, I guess, is part of this for me too. If you're a true Titans fan, it's not just about the franchise and maybe what might help you next year, year after that, because we know they're not going to the playoffs this year. But if you're a true Titans fan, you should be a fan of the individuals on the team as well. You should want to see Derrick Henry have another incredible performance in the Titans uniform. You should want to see Ryan Tannehill get one last great moment as a Titans quarterback, or Will Levis take the next great moment in his development with this team and so on and so on down the list or down the roster that's the thing that said i certainly understand the people who look at last weekend and say it was almost the best case scenario you had a vintage derrick henry type of game you had some props in certain areas on the roster it was an entertaining game and ultimately you lost and your draft pick got better because this team needs blue chip talent so if you're sole focus has moved on to 2024 and beyond, you want the Titans to lose these last two games. But if you're a fan of the guys or connected to the individuals on the team as much as the team itself, then I think you go out rooting for all of them to have the most success they possibly can. So I guess I'm split on that one. I have a hard time rooting for teams to tank, but I certainly understand teams or people who want that to happen at this point.
1: Yeah, I said I understand both sides. I do. I don't know. I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other, but I do understand both sides of the equation. So what was your assessment of Ryan Tannehill's play on Sunday?
10: I didn't think it was very good. I also don't think that the (laughs) offensive line was very good in front of him. Uh, there aren't a lot of weapons out there for it, but uh, to me the biggest thing about it at the end of it is the, that last drive, you have a shot to go down and win the football game. And Ryan Tannehill has won a bunch of games in the fourth quarter in overtime with the Titans jersey on, where he has stepped up and delivered in the clutch. And in that moment, he didn't deliver the football at all. He held on to it and took two catastrophic sacks. And I hope that's not the way people – remember him going out in Tennessee even if it is his last few snaps but to me this to me this comes back to the line and it comes back to Tannehill getting beat up over the last couple years I don't think he trusts what he sees anymore I don't know if he trusts his body behind that line but it's it's just not what you grew accustomed to watching him in 2019 2020 and 2021 and the huge difference there Darren is those offensive lines were as good as anybody in football and when he took the snap then he expected he was going to get protection and he was going to be able to find the right receiver the guy guy was open within the offense and oh by the way at AJ Brown too now he has none of that he's also beat up and he's 35 years old and I think you saw the results of that last weekend I hate to say it but it almost feels a little bit like what happened at the end of Marcus Mariota. Mm -hmm. Marcus Mariota was a better quarterback in his first couple of seasons with the Titans than he was at the end. And to me, I think it was just the buildup of the calluses and the beating that he took. He didn't trust what he saw at the end. And I feel like, unfortunately, we've seen a little bit of that from Ryan Tannehill over the last year and a half as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great assessment. Um, Ryan Tannehill in 2024 will be... A starter somewhere, a backup somewhere, or on the street?
10: That's a good question. I, if he's on the street, it's because he's decided. He's
1: that's and That's why I, I put that in there because he may be, we don't know what his stance is going to be, right? I'm going to yeah. be a starter and a starter only. I will not serve as your backup. And that may put, keep him on the street till somebody gets hurt. So that's why I threw that in there.
10: Yeah, it also, for the first time, and and I don't want to put words in his mouth because he certainly hasn't said this, but when you talk to him at the beginning of this season, it felt very much to me like a guy who was saying, I got plenty left in the tank. Mm -hmm. I want to play multiple more years. I hope it's here, but it could be elsewhere. I want to keep playing. After watching him this season get hurt early on, fight through the rehab again, which even – a week or so ago, when we talked to him, he said, It took me longer to come back from than I was expecting and longer than I would like to get to the place. But I do feel pretty good going into the weekend. To go through that for a second consecutive year, he's got kids, he's got a family, he's made a lot of money, he's started, he's won games in this league. I wonder if there's a part of him who's saying, Maybe it's not worth it at this point unless it's the perfect situation. And What is that perfect situation at this point? So if he's not playing, it's because he's decided he doesn't want to play or he hasn't identified the situation he wants to go to. That being said, because of the injuries and, frankly, the play over the last year and a half to two years, I don't know if there's somebody out there that's going to pay him the type of money to be a starter. Mm -hmm. And so to me that means he's a backup somewhere. If he's willing to go somewhere – and put himself in a position where he's the backup, and who knows? Then you're one snap away, and maybe it's a contender, and it's a situation. Who knows? You know, Marcus Mariota, similar situation here. He goes to Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts is obviously the guy, but you're one snap away at that point from being the guy on a Super Bowl contending team. Is there a situation like that out there for Ryan Tannehill? To me, that's probably his best-case scenario. But I do think the offseason will be interesting to see exactly what he wants and if he can find it.
1: How do you think Mike Vrabel will handle the quarterback situation in these final two games?
10: Well, I think if Will Levis is healthy enough, Darren, he should play. Because you cannot underestimate the value of playing actual games in the NFL. And I don't think this is the type of injury that he can make it worse. It's a pain tolerance thing. And you know if he does make it worse, which obviously anybody on an NFL football field is one step or one hit away from a, a bad injury, but you have the entire offseason to heal up from it to get ready for next year. So to me, if he's healthy and capable of going, I think you have to have him play and and go down and be in a tough road environment in a division game against Houston and CJ Stroud, and then to come back and play Jacksonville again. I, I think that's really valuable for Will Levis, Okay, that, what if he that, can't go? I, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is, is, is You looked at him last Friday, which is really the only time we got to look at him. It was hard for me to imagine, and obviously he didn't go Sunday, but that that guy was close to play. And so uh, we'll find out if he's anything more than limited this week during practice, but if he's limited all week, I, I don't know if you can play that guy. I, again, because what does Mike Grable always say, Darren? He says, the biggest thing I look for is can you do your job up to the expectation, and can you protect yourself? And those, to me, that's a very clear criteria. Will Levis at this point, has played eight games. We kind of know what the expectation is. Can he play anything close to that if he's playing? And number two is can he protect himself back there, or is he just a sitting duck in the pocket? Because you don't want that to be the case. Mm -hmm. And so if he can't do either of those things, you can't play him. But if he can do both of those things, I think you have to put him out there.
1: Okay, so let's let's say Levis is going to try the rest of the way. He's not going to be able to make a go. Let's say, so then you go Ryan Tannehill this week. Let's say it looks exactly the same as this week. It was just kind of, eh, you know, eh, average. It was average at best. It was just okay. Okay, if it looks like that again, do you go with Tannehill in the final game or do you or do you go to Malik Willis? Like how do you think they'll handle that? And maybe I, I should save this for next week, but I, I am curious to see how you're gonna answer it.
10: Well, I certainly understand the question. If it's me, I'd probably go Tannehill again because I think Tannehill's been a pretty good quarterback in this league for a long time. And I have watched enough of Malik Willis to think he's never gonna be a quarterback in this league. <laughs> So I don't think I need one more game in week 18 of this year to prove to me that Malik Willis isn't the guy. I'm probably not even the backup moving forward. So if that's the case, I'd probably trot Tannehill out there. Now, again, if you're looking completely to the future, maybe say we're going to give Malik one more shot. We'll see if he could be the backup, and chances are we lose that game. And maybe that's your philosophy there. But to me, Ryan Tannehill is the backup on this team right now for the next two weeks until we get to the offseason. And if Will Levis can't go, I think Ryan Tannehill should be the first choice.
2: Will Levis today talked about his football IQ having improved from, uh, from week one to this one in, in a big way. Everything about him today during the press conference, and to be honest with you, Steve, I rarely listen to Will Levis. I, today was the first time I took the actual time to listen to him. I normally just listen to Mike Vrabel, just listen to the opposition uh, coaches and things like that. I took the time to really get into, uh, into Will Levis today. Everything about this young man feels like he knows and feels like he's the starting quarterback right now. And he almost feels like, It's his right to be out there at this particular moment in time. Do you get that feel from him as well? I do.
10: I got the feeling from the moment he stepped onto the field in that Atlanta game that it was only a matter of time in his mind before he was going to be the guy, Justin. And that was the day he went out there. And then he threw for four touchdown passes and had one of the great debuts of all time. And he's never looked back. Now, there's been ups and downs. The play hasn't always been spectacular nor would you expect it to be from a rookie playing behind that Mm -hmm. offensive line but the entire time he feels like a guy who's in control he feels like a guy who's comfortable in leading he feels like a guy that knows he's got areas to work on and is happy to work on them to try to take his game to the next level i would encourage you frankly to listen to his press conference more often because i think he's been incredibly candid about some of the things he's done well some of the things he definitely needs to improve upon, and just his mindset of how he's, one, gotten to this point in his life to be the guy that feels comfortable stepping into this role, and some of the things that he has to do and has to learn moving forward. So I really enjoyed listening to him, but I agree with you. I feel like he was meant for this role. He was meant to be in this position, and I think he feels that himself. Long ways to go, but I think the body of work from a half a season should be very encouraging.
2: We talked a few weeks ago, um, a little, I don't want to say worried, uh, because that sounds like he was going to do something crazy, and we never thought that. But we were wondering, how about wondering? Wondering is better. We were wondering how Mike Rabel would react to being out of the playoff hunt uh, so early into the season, down the stretch, whenever he seems bothered or grumpy at these press conferences um, and, you know, trying to give out information down the stretch, knowing that his team can't do any more than, than play out the string. Now that we've witnessed it for the last few weeks, how has that experience been with him um, there in the, in the press in the press conferences, uh, there at the facility, knowing this team is not going anywhere?
10: Well, I'll be honest, I haven't been around for the last few days because Christmas has taken a couple of days off. Sure. But I would just say... That in general this season, which has always been pointing one specific direction since about week five, he's been better than I expected.
11: Mm-hmm. He
10: has been more candid, he's been more upfront about things, and he's generally had less awful days dealing with us. Now he's still grisly and he's still Mike Vrabel most days and you just deal with that. But I think he's he's handled most of it in a pretty mature manner. And I think to me that tells me that this is a guy who felt pretty confident all the way through that this season was going to be difficult, but that he was going to be the guy to see them through and into next season. And I don't know what type of conversations they had in the offseason because something tells me they were different than what he was saying publicly when he was out there campaigning to bring in DeAndre Hopkins and when he was talking about preseason expectations and all that sort of thing. He was trying to make this team believe that they could add a piece and they could grow up and they could get better and that they would compete to win in the division and get back to the playoffs. And that's the expectation they always have there. But I get the feeling that maybe there was a different conversation happening behind closed doors, and in particular with Amy Adam strunk And the message was, all right, do the best you can and see what happens after that. We'll again see what happens in the offseason. But to me, that tells me that this was a guy that as bad as it got this year knew that it was part of a plan that extended behind beyond the 17 or 18 weeks of football this fall and into the winter and extends into the off season and whatever part two of this plan was going to be. If 2023, with Rand Carton was part one of the rebuild of the Titans, there's a part two coming. And it seems to me like those guys were promised that they were going to be around for the part two and that whatever happened this year wasn't going to impact that. And I think that reflects a lot of his demeanor throughout the course of this year.
2: This is pretty simple for me. There's 16 guys on IR right now. If this football team was in the playoff hunt, there's no way there's 16 guys on IR. Am I right? Yeah, I think that's
10: right. I I think especially once they were eliminated, you saw that pick up with guys who were injured before that game. And I think of Jeffrey Simmons, and I'm certainly not saying that Jeffrey Simmons isn't trying to play. Because I think if there's I'm not either, hockey, Steve. puts himself out there, I think he'd be out there in a heartbeat. But what I'm saying is, you know, he had an injury that was tough. They probably knew he was going to miss one or two weeks. But if you were in the playoffs or had a chance to get there, you wouldn't put him on IR because maybe he gets back for that clinch and you're in game or whatever, and then the playoffs. The moment you're eliminated and you know, okay, maybe he's got one game in him or maybe not even that, then you feel fine about putting him on injured reserve and you give someone else an opportunity to step up and play at that point. So I'm not surprised at all by it, but you're right. If, if they were still contending today, which like 24 of the 32 teams in the league are, by the way, if they were still in it right now, you wouldn't have 16 guys on IR.
1: Last one, Derrick Henry, On this team, not on this team in 2024?
10: Man, you you might have asked me this a week ago, too, and I think I gave the same answer. If I was a betting man today, I would say not on this team in 2024. But I have really oscillated back and forth on that. It seems like every other week for the last six to eight months, Darren. And so talk to me again in two weeks and then talk to me again in March because i will probably go back and forth a few more times. I'd love to see it. I think he's a piece that fits for them, even if they want to move more to Tajay Spears. But the more and more I hear him talk and the more I kind of see where the offense is going, it seems like that may be wishful thinking on my part. So if, if you put a gun to my head today, I say not on the team in twenty.
1: You know what's interesting is we keep looking at it from the perspective of what do the Titans do. What what about Derrick Henry? Well, What if Derrick yeah. Henry here towards the end, towards the end of his career. I'm not saying he's done or washed up. Maybe if, you know, maybe he wants to go to Kansas City or maybe he wants to go to a contender and put himself in a position to win a Super Bowl on the way out.
2: Maybe he wants to play at home in Jacksonville.
1: Or just, I I mean, I don't know about, I'm just saying we keep looking at it from the Titans perspective. We don't really factor in, you know, what if Derrick Henry's like, I love it here, uh, you know, but... I, I would like to go out a winner, too. I'd like to like to try to win a Super Bowl before I retire because we all know it enhances that resume. He is going to be right there in the thick of Canton discussions. I think he is a future Hall of Famer, but that could solidify him. So I, I do think it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that plays out this offseason.
10: You know, Darren, I think that's an excellent point. And two other things I think about that is, number one, just the strict financials. The Titans may want him, and he may want to come back. But if their offer is like one year for X or two years for X, and somebody else says, here's three years for more, or it may not even be a decision anymore. It may be I wanted to go to the Titans, but that is just strictly a better financial decision. So that may be part of it, too. But the other thing I think about it is when you talk about his Hall of Fame resume, yes, winning helps, but, two doing it over a prolonged period of time and just padding up those numbers. I think he's well on his way, but he could use two, maybe three more seasons of having similar levels of production. And if somebody out there says, we'll give you three years, and I I don't know who that would be, but if someone does that and it's not the Titans, I would be really tempted to go do that because he's sitting there at 9,000. If he gets to 12, to me there's no doubt. And he no may doubt. be in anyway because no of the new because yes. there's there's the new there's just a new he's the best back of his generation. Yeah. So to me, I think I could make an argument for him today if he never plays another snap.
1: Yeah, but that you're given the three thousand hit. Yeah, but he he, if he, not, gets he doesn't 12, have the number. There is no way he's not getting into
10: Ken. I mean yeah. zero.
1: But I don't know if exactly. he's gonna get to twelve.
10: Well, he he may not, but three more years at eight or nine hundred yeah. yards is yeah. gonna put him darn close, yeah. Do you play half a season? It depends how much he wants to play football and how much that means to him. But those are two things beyond just him wanting to play here or the Titans wanting him to play here. Those are two things that I think will factor in. Is is somebody willing to give him more term or more money than he could get here? Because I think those are both things he'd have to consider.
1: Good stuff as always, Steve. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you on the other side.
10: All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see
1: you. Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. Always a good talk with him, good discussion with him. 615-844-5600. We'll wide open the rest of the hour. If you want to get involved, we'll have our Week 17 NFL Top 10 to begin the second hour of the program as you listen to The McFarland Show, Nashville Sports Radio.
5: Jackson Boone Racing, the youngest driver at age 19 to win the coveted Pro Late Model Series championship at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Jackson Boone Racing, a local kid and Page High graduate who's been winning races since he was eight years old. Jackson Boone Racing, come join Red Street Records and Roy's Meat Service along with the Boone Group, a market leader for your home financing needs. In supporting this rising star, visit JacksonBooneRacing.com to see how you can be a part of the journey and join us running up front. Jackson Boone Racing.
8: To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash
2: joy for your free online visit. H-I-M-S dot slash J-O-Y.
8: Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it, the price of everything is going up. And if you're stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. It is time to get your finances in order and get the real facts about that timeshare that you are stuck in and your options to get rid of it. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has been helping families out of horrible timeshares for over 10 years and has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send you absolutely free. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial Group to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. It's the NHL Winter Classic on Sports USA, and we ring in the new year in Seattle as the Kraken
9: hosts the Vegas Golden Knights at the outdoor home of the Mariners. It'll be an action-packed matchup of the NHL's newest franchises. The Knights know how to cash in their shots with Eichel and Stone. The Kraken will defend with Dunn, Larson, and Grubauer between the pipes. It's the cup champion Golden Knights and the Kraken outside in Seattle. New Year's Day, on your home for the NHL playoffs and the Stanley Cup, Sports USA.
4: Your exclusive National Sports Radio, WNSR, SkyScan forecast. For this afternoon, love mostly sunny skies. Just a slight chance for a shower in the high 52. Partly the mostly cloudy, maybe a shower tonight, low 34. Thursday clouds, a morning flurry, then an afternoon shower. Utilizing the resources of the Weatherbug Network on National Sports Radio, I'm WNSR's
0: meteorologist, Jim Renault. Sports
11: Radio, WNSR.
5: You're listening live from the Strike and Spare Studios downtown Music City. It's the McFarland Show.
1: Second to last one of 2023. of have our final program tomorrow, and then we'll see you on the other side. Darren and Justin here in the Strike, Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. Damon Keen is alongside. Our number is 615-844-5600. Let's go to JJ. JJ, what's up?
12: I'm first of all, I want... Thank y'all for delivering this high quality program. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all three of y'all.
1: No, oh, well, same to you. Judge. Merry Christmas. Thank you. We appreciate you listening and calling in. Now, let
12: me let me get into the nitty gritty here. All right. Don't play Levis. Okay. okay. <laughs> if the offensive line was better, don't uh, I feel comfortable with it? Let Tannehill take that beating. All right. He's somewhat developing into some bad habits. Why? Because the offensive line's so bad. The Titans approve that five can't beat four. The sacks Sunday were the worst was Brewer. They came right up the middle. He can't block anybody. Now, yes, he's great run block, and I get Fable likes all these effort guys, but he can't pass block. Okay? Skoronsky said, hey, yon yon this week. I can't help you.
1: <laughs> so, well, Skaronsky, <laughs> honestly, has had an up-and-down, which, you know, is typical. He's a rookie. Yeah, he's a rookie. He's, he's had an up-and-down rookie season.
12: Right, but he's a rookie.
11: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
12: But uh, he's really, I know it's been up-and-down with him. Okay. And uh, I guess they're going to have to play Dillard. So if they don't have a chip plan, because we know Dillard can't hang out there too long by himself, they will be a coaching travesty. I just don't. I don't want to. If Levis is the future, the future needs to sit on the bench, play Tannehill.
11: Hmm.
1: Gosh, I don't. I, I understand your logic, JJ. But gosh, I just I don't
2: know how I feel about <laughs> JJ, that. JJ, let me ask you a question, good sir. Do you care if they win or lose this game on Sunday?
12: It doesn't matter to me either way because it, it'll be a hollow victory. Yes, we can say we beat the Texans and hurt their playoff chances, and that'll make the certain Titan fans feel good. To me, I just don't want the as 11th is the future, and the offensive lines right now we know is trash. Let Tannehill take that beating. Let Willis take that beating. Okay? Because they gave up six sacks Sunday.
11: <laughs>
12: no,
1: it's like, look, no one's going
12: to argue the offensive
1: line. Two on the last no drive. One. No one is going to argue that.
12: We got it's it. Okay? And so I just don't see the benefit of putting them out there when – to me, he's not developing he's getting better because he's having in his head. He's already got in his head. I've only got so much time. That pass interception he threw to uh, last time he started. He threw trying to get it to D Hop. He didn't do that earlier, but he was forced to do that, even though D Hop was cover covered. That he looked right. in that pass. He reminded me of the Levis in Kentucky, not the Levis we've seen every other game. I'm just willing to, hey, we've seen enough, you've done enough, let's just shut you down and we'll get the best it is with Tannehill and then then move on because, to me, they've got some big, big things they've got to fix. I don't want to hear about, oh, we're giving the guy a chance. No, you need to get some road graders. Okay. Yeah, um,
11: <laughs> yes,
1: no. we know that. We know yes. that for sure. JJ, Woo. we appreciate you as always. Thank you, uh, sir. Happy New Year, and uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for calling in. No problem. I I understand what he's saying. I do. I do.
7: Mm-hmm. But
1: I I don't know how I feel about it. I, I really don't because I don't know. Uh, maybe there Mm-mm. is a school of thought of you know what you don't want him getting you know gun shy. You don't want him developing bad habits. You don't want to get him hurt.
2: But he also needs the seat time. Mike Vrabel called it valuable yes, NFL snaps because it is at this level. It's the one thing you cannot reproduce between now and next September, um, or now and next August. Let's call it at the very least, and even that's going to be preseason. Um, but now and next Aug and next September, you cannot produce NFL speed starters regular season type of atmosphere. Mm -mm. They only play 17 of these every year. So you got to take each one and use it to the best of your ability and get the most out of it, especially if you're trying to develop um, a team because, you know, listen, he can look great next preseason, but what does that really mean at that point? You looking more comfortable? I mean, we've already seen that Malik Willis looks halfway decent during the preseason. What does that mean? doesn't mean much anything. You need him to look good, comfortable, and great during the regular season, although I'm not sure with this offensive line if that's really possible.
1: I will tell you why I disagree with J.J. J.J., I want you to hear this on the other side. And you may not agree with me, but this is what I believe, just from my years of watching this and watching that position, I'll tell you why I disagree, even though you bring up good points. We'll do that to close out hour number one of the McFarland Show next.
3: Tis the season for all of my favorite treats. Now, where
7: are Grandma's homemade holiday cookies? Hold up. Where are Grandma's cookies? Easy,
13: Joe. Grandma brought something even sweeter this season.
7: Your triple fudge brownies? No,
13: Joey. Holiday instant games from the Tennessee Lottery.
7: Made from scratch holiday wins? Grandma, you're a genius. Give the gift of holiday instant
9: games topped with sweet cash prizes. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, what game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
4: Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code LIFT for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's promo code LIFT. You can cash out any right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other
9: brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code LIFT for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LIFT.
5: When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, coworkers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. It's a Bill King Show. The McFarland Show. Video streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube from the Strike and Spare studio. Week 17 NFL Top 10
1: coming up to begin the second hour of the program. Darren and Justin here on the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. Good call from JJ. Mm-hmm. Good points. He says, Hey, I don't want the future out there right now behind this offensive line. And I get it. I totally get it. I do. I understand. Fans that have that sentiment. Because there's more than just J.J. out there. Like, Will Levis is who they're rolling with in 2024. And there's no reason to scar him anymore. Now, here's my thoughts. And you've heard me say this before. So you may have thought this during the break of, oh, I've already heard this before. And maybe some of you out there have heard me say this before. But there's probably a lot of you out there that haven't heard me say this before. And I don't know whether J.J. has or hasn't. So here goes. It is my belief just because I've been watching this sport and covering it for a very long time. It is my belief that either you have it or you don't have it. I don't believe you can scar a guy. I don't believe that you... Yeah, those things can happen, but I don't believe like, oh my gosh, this guy was going to be elite, but because he got sacked 76 times that season he became a bust. I don't believe that. Do I believe you can stunt someone briefly? Sure. But look, in my mind either you have it mm-hmm. or you don't. Either you have the makeup and the DNA and the tool set and the skill set at the highest level to be elite or you don't. Yeah. Okay. That that's what that's what I believe in. I don't believe you can mess that up. Because either you have it or you don't. I see it on a much smaller scale at a younger age, year in and year out, coaching youth sports. I know it. I see it in kids. Either this kid has it or they don't. Now these are kids, and that can change, Justin. Right? Everybody has different growth patterns,
2: especially that age. Everybody has different
1: makeup, personality-wise. Like you can, you could become you could be timid early on, but you can grow tougher and thicker skin as you get older, right? Like those things have personality traits can change. Yeah. But at the highest level, when you're a grown man and you're an adult and you've been playing this sport your whole life to me, either you have it or you don't either will Levis has it or he doesn't. And I don't know what the answer is. There's a lot I like and there's a lot. I'm like, I don't know yet. I mean, I, there's still the verdict is out for me. There's a lot of things I see that I really like, But I'm certainly not sold. It's not like, that's it. I mean, they got him. They got their guy. Like The the next 10 years, he's the guy. I'm not willing to go there. But I don't believe that you can ruin him. You may hurt him. He may get hurt behind this offensive line. But I don't believe you can ruin him. Like, he has it, and he does it because you played him behind a crappy offensive line. I don't believe that.
2: Well, I mean, there's a lot of different schools of thought on that. And I'm, I tend to agree with you that I don't know if Will Levis makes it or breaks it here. I'm not sure if his rookie season and him getting crushed by a bad offensive line is going to be the reason why he doesn't make it or break it. It's just the view for right now. That's all it is. And that's all people can do is judge it from here. Uh, I myself would like to see Malik Willis again. That's my opinion, and that's something we can get into a little bit later. Well,
1: that's why I asked Steve Lehman. Like, if yeah. Brian Tannehill looks the same, why not? Just to see one more time. Yeah. Like, has he made progress? Is he not? All right, that's going to do it for Hour Number One. We'll come back. We'll kick off the second hour with our
0: top ten. We'll do that next. 560 AM, 95.9 FM, Brentwood, Nashville. 107.9 FM, Smyrna. Nashville's first 24-hour sports station. WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio.
5: ABC News, I'm Michelle Franzen, the Secretaries of State and Homeland Security in Mexico today meeting with Mexico's president for talks on how to slow the flow of asylum seekers at the southern border. ABC's Jay O'Brien has more on the crisis.
8: An apparent caravan of an estimated 6,000 migrants now making their way to the U.S. border. Norve Diaz from Colombia is traveling with his children, saying he's fighting for the well-being of his family. White House officials blaming volatility in Central and South American countries, but Republicans blasting the president. The
5: Islamic resistance in Iraq claiming responsibility for a drone attack today targeting U.S. and coalition forces at a base in Iraq. The Defense Department says no one was injured. YouTube life coach and former licensed counselor Jody Hildebrandt entered a guilty plea on four counts of aggravated child abuse charges today. That plea deal comes just over a week after her former business partner, Ruby Frankie pleaded guilty to similar charges. This is
7: ABC News. Nothing slows my little girl down, except a stuffy nose. Mommy. That's why I use Sinex Children's Saline from Vicks. Sinex instantly clears mucus in everyday stuffy little noses with a gentle, ultra-fine mist designed for kids. Just Sinex, breathe. Her stuffy nose is gone for now. And so is she.
14: Sinex Children's Saline. Sinex, breathe. (laughs)
3: That's ziprecruiter.com slash free.
5: WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. Located at 5410 Murfreesboro Road in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the best of Rutherford County voting for best liquor store and top wine shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and Southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its growler filling station. City Slickers also sells mixers, sodas, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even wedding planning. Make sure you follow City Slickers on all their social media or just give them a call at 615 280 7469. That's 615 280 7469. Located in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers.
11: You
0: can't handle the truth. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios.
4: Just a bit outside.
0: Now back to the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Drop
11: me the money!
0: call or text now we'd love to hear your thoughts call us or send us a text on the wnsr text line 615-844-5600 615-844-5600 call or text same number Alrighty. now the mcfarlane show with darren and justin
1: Now we're number two of the McFarland Show here on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a great day. It is December. What is today? 27th. 27th. It is the 27th. Tomorrow will be our final show of 23. And then we'll catch you on the other side. Nico is going to be the starting quarterback for the Vols. That was announced today. Joe Milton uh, this morning saying he will forego his final game at UT, he will be in attendance in Orlando at the Cheese at Bowl, uh, but will be on the sidelines only, not available to play. So, Nico will be uh, the starting quarterback for the Vols. Russell Wilson has been benched by Sean Payton and the Broncos. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Enter Jared Stidham. And the Predators, who play tonight, have called up a scar off.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly what's going on with that.
1: What that means. Okay. I don't know if that means uh, Lankinen is sick or Yuso is I mean, sick. I I don't know. I mean, Soros is sick. He, I, I don't know. Didn't
2: Soros give up the two goals in 13 seconds? I mean, uh, yes. I mean,
1: you're saying maybe he was sick then?
2: I don't know. I. Or punishment or something. I, I Oh, know. I don't think it's I don't think it's punishment. I know, I know, I get it. But I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> you give up two goals in thirteen seconds in the end of a game. You know, maybe I'd be looking down the hall a little bit and like, <laughs> is the GM's light still on? Still on? Why is he why is he still in there? I thought he was good.
1: So they have uh called up Skara from Milwaukee, and that's really I haven't seen anything else. maybe I need to check Twitter or is it X for tonight's game. Maybe they whatever you want have to announced uh, maybe someone said Look, let me just say right now. There's a lot of
2: people sick. A lot. Something going around. Yeah. Okay. 100%. team has got a stomach bug.
1: 100%. I mean, I've talked I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that are currently sick or people in their house are sick. So, it's something is definitely going around. So, it's what that's what it feels like if they're calling up um a scar off. Okay, let's get to Week 17 NFL Top 10. This is our second-to-last version of this for the season. We've been going at it all year. Mm-hmm. Well, we knew it was going to be the clash, right? The clash of the big boys. The big boy in the AFC versus the big boy in the NFC. And it happened. It was the final game. In week 16. And I don't think they by the way, triple header, nice little triple header there on Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, and that's what ended it. The nightcap was out in San Francisco, 49ers hosting the Ravens, not even a game. Brock Purdy, four interceptions. And quite honestly, weird. Could have easily been six.
2: Yeah. Easily. A lot of defect, deflected passes yes. and yes. just weirdness going on at, at home. home
1: four interceptions at San Francisco. 49ers looked pretty pretty average. I mean, Kittle had a big night. McCaffrey had a big night, but they were playing catch-up all night. I know they had the uh, 5-3 lead after three innings. (laughs) But after that, it was all Baltimore. They had the lead a half and just kept pouring it on. They poured it on. The third quarter is really what changed the whole game. Ravens opened it up in the third quarter. So Baltimore goes into San Francisco and beats the team we said for weeks, the most complete team in the league, the team to beat at their place 33 to 19. So when you do that and you were already at the top of the list, right behind the 49ers, well, it's a pretty easy switch. Mm-hmm. You go to Baltimore, number one. They've earned it. They just have. I don't know how good the Ravens are, they look good right now. They do. They do. Do they look invincible? No. No, they don't look invincible. Not at all. But, you know, that's why people love the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's why we do a top 10. It's why survivor pools, you can do two, sometimes three in a season. It's that hard to just pick a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Not with the spread, like yeah. we're doing. By the way, we'll have our McFarlane six-pack of picks tomorrow. Just picking a winner is that hard. Yeah. Every week. Ravens win 33-19. The Ravens are the new number one team in the land. First time, number one for me. And it took to week 17 of this season. I'm not going to punish San Francisco too much because I still believe they're really, really good. But you have to be knocked down. I'm not willing to drop you. Because you had won a lot. You had that one bad patch in the season. We lost three in a row. Mm -hmm. And then you've been lights out ever since. It was bound to happen. And it happened. So I'm not going to punish you too bad. You're still really good. You're still the team to beat, in my opinion, in the NFC. I do. I still believe you're the team to beat. So the 49ers dropped to two. So Baltimore and San Francisco swap spots. Number three. You know, I'm high on them. I've been high on them all year. Maybe I've got, you know, hard knocks fever. I watch it every week. I watched the newest episode last night. Dolphins, Cowboys. Mm. It's kind of fun watching last night's episode. Mike McDaniels telling his team, I hope it's a dogfight. I hope it's, he was telling his team during the week at practice, I hope this game comes down to the last possession. You know, and I understand that mentality, but it was met with a big thud from the players. They're like, get out of here with that. Like, we hope we beat their brains in. <laughs> but I understood what his message was. You know, his message is it's gonna be hard the rest of the way. You play yeah. these are playoff type games yeah. right here. Yeah. And it's gonna be hard. It's not gonna be easy. So let's get used to let's embrace hard games. Let's yeah. embrace back and forth games. Last possession wins. Guess what? Last possession won that game. Mm. Dallas took the lead. Last possession. Miami marches down the field. They even said it. And Hard Knocks are mic'd up. Get the first down and we win. Mm. Get the first down. The game is over.
2: They got the first down. Game over.
1: Game over. Their kicker went 5-for-5. Five five and he booted the game-winning field goal. As the Dolphins win twenty two to twenty. So Miami is my number three team in the land. Guess what? <laughs> One versus three.
2: Here we go. This week. Boy.
1: What's on the line? I don't know. Top it, top seed in the AFC. Everything. Home field advantage throughout.
2: Everything, everything.
1: Yep. So uh begging. This week between the Dolphins and the Ravens. The Dolphins are my number three team. At number four, was it the prettiest thing I've ever seen? No, but guess what? In the NFL, there's not a committee. We're we're our own committee. This is what we do every week. Mm -hmm. But there's not a committee in the NFL of giving you style points and how did you win that game. Look, winning on the road in the NFL is hard. This just in. It's hard. The Lions did it. They went on the road and they won. Now the Vikings, I think their season, all these injuries have caught up with them. Right? Mm-hmm. You had Jordan Addison get hurt early in that game. He left. T.J. Hawkinson mm. left. Big bad one. news. His season is over. Big one. He was having a huge year. Big one. But the Lions got the win, thirty to twenty-four over the Vikings in Minnesota. By the way, Justin Jefferson. Came back and played at 141 yards and a touchdown for the Vikings. Nick Mullins, by the way, who saw that? He threw for over 400 yards. Wow. In that game. Wow. Which is a little alarming. It is. For Detroit's defense. Like Nick Mullins threw for over 400 yards on you. Okay. But nonetheless. Wow. A little
2: soft zone going on. A lot of stuff over the middle. Keep the yeah. clock going maybe. Yeah.
1: Maybe. Uh, Gibbs. 80 yards rushing and two touchdowns. He's starting to really find his groove in Detroit. Remember their first round pick? Yeah. Which is like, you're taking a running back, running at what, back. number yeah. 12? Yeah. Really? With in all the needs you got in today's game? Yeah. Well, this just in, if you haven't noticed, Detroit has done a really good job with their draft
2: picks. Yes, they have. Brad they really Holmes, have. their GM.
1: Okay, you have to give it to him. They're now 11 and 4 on the season. Detroit uh, is number four for me. So Baltimore 1, San Francisco 2, Miami 3, Detroit 4. This one is the most com- perplexing one of them all. Mm. I, I think I know where you're going. I I, I just, <laughs> I've been confused every week on what to do with them, and they just keep winning. And in some cases, they this one, they really annihilated the Texans. They really did. The Texans came back late with a couple late scores. Yeah. They went to Houston and annihilated them. Joe Flacco, 368 yards and three touchdowns. I don't know what, I don't understand it. But if you're going to keep winning, I have to acknowledge that. Yeah. I have to believe in you a little bit. I don't know if I believe in you. You have Joe Flacco as your quarterback, but your defense is really good. And my goodness, Amari Cooper certainly likes Joe Flacco. Yes, he does. Amari Cooper, 11 catches, 265 yards, and two touchdowns for the Browns. (laughs) I mean...
2: Keep trying to explain it. I,
1: I don't know if he's found the fountain of youth. I don't know if he's trying to recreate 2012, but it's working. It's their fourth quarterback of the year. Yeah. The, the only thing that's been rock steady all year is their defense.
11: Mm-hmm. And it's helped
1: them a lot. But they've done this this whole thing without their star running back. Remember yeah. that guy Nick Chubb who got hurt Nick Chubb. in what,
2: week two? Yeah, it was early. Yeah, It was
1: very early in the season.
2: Terrible injury.
1: Out for the year. Their star running back. Out for the year. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, their high-paid quarterback.
2: Gone. Gone.
1: They bring in the kid from UCLA. They switch it up with him. And they bring in another guy. And now they're down to Joe Flacco. And they're like, you know, we didn't like those guys, so we went and got Joe Flacco on the street. Off the street. And here he is, and it looks like Joe Flacco is not going anywhere. Cleveland Browns, number five. You've earned it. Number six, Philadelphia. I'm starting to wonder what are you well wondering? they got back on the winning track it beat the Giants at home but I don't know maybe there is something still a little bit off there's two teams that we've had at the top basically all year yeah Philadelphia and Kansas City and right now there's still Philadelphia and Kansas City
2: kind of but
1: yeah there's a kind of in there yeah it's like, well, we had concerns, but we're like, yeah, but you're good. You're Philadelphia, Kansas City. You know, that's what happens throughout the course of you know 17-game NFL season. They're yeah, straightening it out. But now it's been going on a little bit too long mm. for my liking. Mm. Philadelphia at number six. Dallas, look, we all know the knock. I don't need to do the whole thing. We've been talking about it all year. Until they go on the road and win a meaningful game, this is what it is. Was it a good game? Yeah. Could they have won? Yeah, they could have. But they didn't. They didn't. And let me just say this real quick, Justin. Yes. And I'm not saying this because it's it's well documented. I've said it on the show many times. I had Tony Pollard on my fantasy team. He's been a huge, huge, huge disappointment. Tony Pollard lost them the game. With one? And you're like, what? That's impossible. It was in the first quarter. How he lose them the game? Because he didn't get in on that play. And he got tackled at the half-yard line. Most running backs yeah. in this league would have gotten in. And by the way, what happened on the very next play?
2: Turnover. Fumble, yeah. turnover. Yeah.
1: Dolphins get it. No score. Nothing. They came away with nothing. Then, by he, the way, Miami, the next possession, went forward on fourth and goal, didn't get it. Dallas had every opportunity to win that game and blew it. They couldn't do it. let
2: must say, then why are you blaming on Tony Pollard? Well, I because I'm a little bit Okay. Bad. All I right. Then. Well, I fine.
1: lost in fantasy. Okay. In the playoffs. Oh, oh. That would have put me in the championship game. Oh, okay. You know, he right. got me a whopping four points.
2: Mm, that doesn't Tony, help. Tony Pollard. not going to help you. Four points. Mm, no, that's it's not good enough. Thanks.
1: So, the Dallas Cowboys, you are what everybody says you are until you prove everybody wrong. And you'll have to go on the road in the playoffs. So it's Mm -hmm. going to be up to you to do something that nobody believes that you can do, and that's win a tough game on the road. So Dallas is number 7. Just talked about it. Kansas City is number 8. I mean, there's just no scenario I could have played out of my mind that they were going to lose on Christmas Day at home against the Raiders. I mean, zero. But they did. No scenario whatsoever. I think Antonio Pierce has earned his – uh, spot to be the head coach next season. I, I think the Raiders would be idiots, uh, but it is the Raiders, so you know, uh, take that for what it's worth. If they didn't bring him back, he's earned it. He just has. Uh, but the Chiefs again losing again at home. That's what's alarming is they keep losing these games at Arrowhead.
2: Taylor Swift is there and everything.
1: Losing in December on Arrowhead, which mm-hmm. never happens.
2: Chiefs Kingdom. Well,
1: it happened again. Chiefs are number eight. I've been telling you, Buffalo. Even though they should have lost, it wasn't pretty, but they look like they're trying to get things right. Buffalo is number
14: nine. Mm. Uh,
1: they could have easily lost to the Chargers, and that would have been a horrible.
2: Would have been horrible. Would have been horrible loss.
1: With. Some guy, I don't even know who his name is. A quarterback, I don't even know his name. I don't know either. I mean, I, I don't. Know what? Plus, charge. the game was
2: on, the game was on Peacock, so I yeah. really haven't seen even. Oh yeah, I didn't even watch it because I, I don't I, have Peacock. I haven't seen a whole lot of highlights from the yeah, game.
1: I didn't watch it. That's right. I don't have Peacock. Yeah. So I didn't watch it. Uh, Buffalo's number nine, and finally at ten. There's a there's a there's a lot of ways you can go with this. There is, but again, it's like the Browns. It's like okay. It, they beat you to submission, huh? <laughs> okay, Baker, I guess you're just going to keep winning games. They got I mean, you in the figure I four leg lock. I don't know what to do with you. I mean, I don't believe in you. They got you in the sharpshooter. I, you're, uh, you're really going to sign him to a long-term?
2: You can't know. reach the rope. Got you in that figure four leg lock. Keeps winning. That Bar- That Boston Crab got you in that submission hold, and you can't reach the rope.
1: Tampa Bay Bucks just keep winning games with Baker Mayfield.
2: Ring the bell. Darren has finally given in.
1: I have to give in. There's a lot of options at 10, but I'm not going to punish them. Even though I don't believe in them, but I'm not going to punish them. Sure. Who, what am I going to do? Reward somebody else? Like the Texans? No. The Colts? No. The Jags? No. I can keep going. The Rams? I mean, there's all kinds of eight and seven teams in the league. Pittsburgh Steelers, all eight, seven teams littered yeah. all over the place.
2: Oh, yeah. But they're, they're everywhere.
1: They're, they're, they haven't been as consistent as the Bucks here lately. So Tampa Bay is number 10. That is my top 10. The other McFarland, his name is Justin. Mm -hmm. He will deliver his top 10 and he will do that next.
13: Princess Hot Chicken, Nashville's original hot chicken with three locations serving Middle Tennessee, south on Nolensville Road, Fifth and Broad downtown, and the new location at Tanger Outlet Mall. You can now order your favorite flavor of heat online at princesshotchicken.com. And don't forget dessert, including special holiday pies. Princess Hot Chicken in three locations and princesshotchicken.com. Princess Hot Chicken, Nashville's original hot chicken
3: Sweat it out. Watch your entry update in real time. And continue the fun by making picks on second half and fourth quarter stats. Take your game day experience to the next level with PrizePix. And right now, you go to prizepickscom primetime and use code primetime. PrizePix is matching your first deposit up to $100. That's prizepickscom primetime with code primetime for a 100% deposit match. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepix.com for more details.
15: Brian Dennis Roofing and Construction is asking listeners to please donate a toy to Toys for Tots this holiday season. You can make a difference in the life of a child. This message is brought to you by Brian Dennis Roofing and Construction. Serving up to 45 miles from Nashville with quality and pride since 1994. Specializing in residential and light commercial, storm damage repairs, roofing, gutters, insurance claims, and much more. Call 615-484-1425. 615-484-1425. That's Brian Dennis Roofing and Construction. They're professionals who
0: care. It's the McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's Justin McFarland. The vest got a lot of attention. Right. So is there a blue
12: vest coming? The vest have been dormant for a minute, but uh, it gets a chance to make an appearance uh, sometime in the immediate future. Right. And, and when it comes out, you're going to see some variations. Uh, I mean, I'm excited about the vest. The vest, uh, it gets a chance to be donned in the Midstate area. The
0: McFarland Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR.
5: Give us a call, 615-844-5600. The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. I gave you my top ten.
1: It's time for Justin to give his. Justin, the floor is yours.
2: All right, thank you, sir. And welcome back in to the McFarlane Show right here on WNSR. We are Nashville Sports Radio, and this is the McFarland Show. I am Justin McFarlane. And this is the NFL Top 10 for this day, December the 27th year of our Lord, 2023. And these are the top 10 teams in the National Football League, according to me. According to me. So if you've got ideas and opinions of your own, feel free to disagree. Last time I checked, it's America and it's allowed. So if you don't like it, I understand. My feelings are not hurt top 10 number one on my list this week it's a no-brainer we all knew it it's the baltimore ravens uh the purple birds with the big win over the san francisco 49ers and they are the number one team on the list here for all the reasons darren laid out and more uh they have been the most consistent team in the national football league as of late uh they've won i think five games in a row at last check here and uh as of right now They are the number one seed in their uh, particular conference, even though that is all subject to change, depending on what happens with their next game as they take on the Miami Dolphins. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, But right now, they're my number one team in their particular conference. All right, let's move on. Number two. We're going to have a one-two matchup in my book because the Miami Dolphins are going to be number two in my particular top ten list.
1: Now, because I don't have my folder, I, I do. don't have last week's.
2: I, I've got it here. Picks, the Miami Dolphins were number eight on my list last okay. week. Now
1: I knew they were down there.
2: Yeah, but here's the deal: there's been two teams who have shot up and down like yo-yos on my top ten list all year, and those two teams have been the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills because we know how talented they are, but what they have been at times is wildly inconsistent. And we don't know what team we're getting one week to the next. So that's why I've picked them, you know, here and there and everywhere because they have bad losses. The Titans' loss is a bad loss for the Dolphins. Bad loss for them. They needed to, to to fall after something like that. So they're number two uh, on my list for this week after their big win, but we'll see what happens next week as they take on... The Baltimore Ravens. All right. Number three on my list. Let's go up to the Northeast and continue on with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Eagles were number seven on my list the week before. They've jumped up to number three after their big win. I believe the Eagles are going to be a very tough out no matter who they draw in the NFC playoffs. They've got to win in order to continue to secure home field advantage and uh, and move on here. If the playoffs began today, and Darren, let me tell you, and uh, and listeners, let me tell you, you guys should get out a napkin, okay? Because these playoff matchups are delicious. Delicious, you hear me? The Eagles, if the playoffs began today, they would be hosting the Seattle Seahawks in the wild card. Man, that sounds like good television to me. Watching those three wide receivers for Seattle match up with uh, the Philadelphia uh, defense and, and vice versa. The Eagles, number three on my list. They're number two overall in the NFC. We'll see where they go from here. Number four on my list. I'm not trying to explain it. It's just happening. And that is Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns at number four on my list. Now, listen. In order to do what Joe Flacco is trying to do in Cleveland, it takes a guy like Joe Flacco. Uh, Flacco, Flacco, Flacco. It takes a guy like Joe Flacco. Because Joe Flacco is Mr. Been-there-done-that. Joe Flacco is not afraid about any curses. Joe Flacco is not concerned about whatever happened here back in the 80s. Joe Flacco is a starting quarterback. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He is a Super Bowl winner. He has played multiple playoff games. He's been part of miracles before. He is the guy, to borrow a biblical reference, this is not his first time walking on water. He's been out there walking on water before. Oh, oh! you think this is a big win? You should have saw me when I beat Peyton Manning a few years ago. This is nothing. He is not concerned with the pressure or any of the stuff that's swirling around. He's exactly the kind of guy that could be exactly what you need in this kind of situation, which is probably why it hasn't phased him. Because, I mean, listen, he's already conquered all the Giants. What's going to happen? Is this going to ruin his legacy? What leg- His legacy is secure and intact forever. Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns, number four, on my list. And that pass rush, they're going to be trouble, okay? They're going to be trouble Who did he somebody. play for last year? The Jets. They played for the Jets.
1: Guess who the Browns play tomorrow night in Cleveland?
2: They get the Jets? Yeah. That would be interesting. Mm -hmm. The playoffs began today. Uh, The Cleveland Browns would have to travel on the road. Check this out. They'd be on the road at Jacksonville. All the hopes and dreams they had in Jacksonville. All the talk we've had on your good friend Tony Smith from uh, XL down there in Jacksonville. Listen, they were talking about being 11 and, you know, whatever it is, 11 and and 6 or something. And winning a divisional. How, How about if Joe Flacco came on the road and went down there to Jacksonville and beat them? And that's very easily done. This Jacksonville team can very easily fall to the Cleveland Browns. And that is the matchup if the playoffs started today. Obviously, the playoffs don't start today. Cleveland is number four on my list. All right, number five. Gotta give, uh, you know, I almost did something radical and I may do it next week, so I'll save it. I won't say what it is, but I'll give credit where credit is due. And that is, I'll make the Detroit Lions my number five team on my list here. The Lions were number five last week. And I have to tip my cap and say, Congratulations to intern Alec, who uh, was able to see his team be crowned the NFC North Champions, which is gonna guarantee them a home playoff game for the first time in a long time. I believe first time since 93, they have won their division. That's a long time to wait. 30 years. So good for them. Uh, The playoffs began today. The Lions, now listen to this matchup. Remember when I said the matchups are delicious? This matchup, I'm about to tell you right now, may be the most delicious of them all. If the playoffs began today, the Detroit Lions would host Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. (laughs) What? 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 So Jarek Golf and the Lions taking on Matthew Stafford in the Rams in a playoff game in Detroit? You can't make that up. But that would be the playoff matchup if the playoffs began today. There's still two games to go. But if the playoffs began today, that would be the matchup.
1: Juicy game. They are the lone Saturday game. Saturday night on ABC. Detroit. At Dallas. Mm. It's a juicy game on that Saturday night. That is a juicy night.
2: game on its own. Mm-hmm. So Detroit coming in at number five on my list. All right, number six on my list is uh, is disappointing. It's my extreme disappointment in the team. And I have a good friend, uh, and I'm not sure where he is, but he's a huge 49ers fan, and I'm going to list them. The San Francisco 49ers to number six. I'm listing them, at, listing them at number six because of my profound disappointment in the guys with the golden helmets. Um, They looked a mess. And I'm not sure if it's just the Ravens had it all figured out uh, the other night or if they just got out on the wrong side of the bed or, or whatever it is. But whatever it is, it was not working for the 49ers on Monday night. And they looked like a disaster against the Baltimore Ravens. And so for that reason, I have to drop them all the way to number six. Now, I still think they're going to be a very tough out. But they have shown over the last couple of weeks, that they are vulnerable at times. They can be beat. And that's something you don't want to show. You don't want to show coming up here in December and January that you actually have weakness. The 49ers, everybody has weakness somewhere. Now, if you catch them on the wrong day, they're going to beat you and beat you soundly. But if you catch them when they're slipping, they can slip a whole lot. And the tape does not lie. And one thing's for sure, I know this. Every single team that the 49ers could possibly face is tearing the tape against the Ravens apart to try to find out what it is the Ravens were doing that made them so incredibly successful against uh, against the 49ers on Monday night. So if the playoffs began today, the 49ers would still be their number one seed. They would still have the week off. Uh, The Eagles now have the door open, though, to sneak in and secure that number one seed in a bye week and home field throughout. One of those teams is going to have to make a long flight at one point. Somebody's going to San Francisco. Somebody's going to Philadelphia uh, for playoff games. But San Francisco, this week, number six, not because I think they're that bad, not because I think Detroit is better, but just because I was expecting better from the 49ers and did not get it. Speaking of expecting better. I was expecting better out of the next team at number seven, the Kansas City Chiefs. Ugh. The pick six by Patrick Mahomes. They had snaps they couldn't hold on to. Nothing was working for the Chiefs in Chiefs' kingdom the other night or afternoon or whatever time of day it was. It seemed like it was day that turned into night. It was a nightmare for the Kansas City Chiefs as they went out there against the, uh, I almost called them Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders they might as well have been from Oakland or Los Angeles it doesn't matter the silver and black attack was on and by the way I hope the Raiders and I'm going to take a quick commercial break or a quick sidebar here I'm going to pull over on the side of the road just to say this to the Raiders front office don't make the same mistake twice okay you had an interim coach last time that everybody fell in love with and nearly got you to the playoffs, and you he well, we did, did. He did get him to the playoffs. They, didn't lost, he?
1: they lost the tough, hard fought game to the Bengals in Cincinnati.
2: Should have won. But then they have a play in game like the last week of the season. Yeah, that was against yeah, the Chargers game. The, Chargers, okay? Chargers, the yeah. Chargers game. So they won that game and then went on to play the Bengals the next week. And almost, beat and almost won that game. So you fired that guy. He was an interim coach. Mm-hmm. You let him go. To
1: bring in Josh. McDaniels.
2: To bring in Josh McDaniels. Oh, now you fired McDaniels and you got Antonio Pierce in there. All he's done is go four and three with a backup quarterback and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has lost five divisional games in his entire career. And he and Antonio Pierce. Has got one of them, and you gonna fire that guy? Okay, Raiders, please learn the lesson. Learn the lesson, Mark Davis. Sign Antonio Pierce. Make him sign him to a two-year deal. Pay him whatever. I don't care. Make him the, the like. Don't even wait. Why would you wait? That should just. You should have worked out a deal. Like, listen, you go beat the Chiefs. We're taking the interim tag off.
1: It's the Raiders, man. I know. You anyway. don't remember that dude's name, and I don't either. I had to he cheat. He was the special teams coach. I had to cheat and look it up. Yeah. Rich Piss... Pistachio. Yeah. Good guy. Never... Should have had the job.
2: Earned the job. 100%. Earned the job. Yep. And just... It seemed like the players loved him. See, everybody was running through a wall for him, just like everybody seems to be playing hard for for, for Antonio Pierce. 100%. Former player, Super Bowl champion. Yep. With the Giants. Lots of experience. You know, he paid his dues. I, I mean, I don't know what you want. you going to have to draft a quarterback, but I don't know what you want. Anyway, I, I'm going to get it off the Raiders. Uh, Kansas City, the number 17 on my list. Number eight, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Listen, I, I've already waxed poetic about the Dallas Cowboys before. I'm not going to waste everybody's time by doing it again. I don't trust the Dallas Cowboys. I, I don't know what they're going to do. What? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan. Uh, if the playoffs began today. The Dallas Cowboys would have to hit the road and take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, I would think Dallas would win that game, but it's the NFL. If if after all of this they go to Tampa and lose that game, and McCarthy, don't tell me it's not McCarthy impossible. Fired. Don't tell me it's not. Don't tell me it's impossible. It is not impossible. No. Not impossible. Tampa can very well beat Dallas. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. They can beat Dallas in a playoff game, and that's what the playoff game would be if the playoffs started today. I know they don't. There's two more games left. But Dallas, number eight on my list. Number nine is those Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have fought and clawed their way back into the top ten list. I had high expectations at the beginning of the year for the Bucs. I thought they were the best team in that division. And so far, they have proven to be right. There's still two more games to go. Still two more games to go. They have not clinched it yet. But they're eight and seven. They've won their last four games in a row. They host the Saints this week. Big in Saints at seven and eight. Uh, the Bucks at eight and seven. So a whole lot on the line coming up here in that game. Uh, number ten on this list, and probably the most dangerous team in the National Football League is the Buffalo Bills. They're dangerous because of who their quarterback is and the weapons they have. Even though they have not played up to expectations, they are highly dangerous because they can beat anybody. They can go beat anybody. It wouldn't be shocking at all. Check out this. If the playoffs began today, the Buffalo Bills would take a road trip to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs in a wild-card game.
14: Whew.
2: Whew. All right, that would be a wild-card weekend. Uh, real quick, I'm just going to run through this. Um, Top 10 list, Baltimore, uh, Miami at number two, Philadelphia at number three, Cleveland at number four, Detroit at number five, San Francisco at six, Kansas City at seven, Dallas at eight, Tampa at nine, and the Buffalo Bills at number 10. Uh, The worst team in the league? Uh, normally, we give it to you know somebody low like you know the Cardinals or uh, Arizona. Uh, I'm calling it audible right now. The worst team in the league for me are the Denver Broncos because of the shenanigans and foolishness that's going on today up there in Denver. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I know this. The NFL football fans deserve better than having off the field, whatever it is, impact what's happening on the field. That's not what anybody pays for. I hope they get justification for it. But there's no way anyone's gonna convince me that Jarrett Stenham is the better option than Russell Wilson. That that's just not true.
1: I'm just gonna go with the, the obvious. I mean, there's a lot of bad teams. They fluctuate from week to week. Carolina's just sure. They're the worst team in the league. Sure. And they're gonna have the number one pick. Sure. And they're not gonna have it.
2: No, they're not. <laughs> it's gonna to go to the Bears.
1: It's gonna to go to the Bears. So thanks. Thanks for your crappy season. And now the bears are on the clock.
2: All right. uh, We're wide
1: open the rest of the hour. 615-844-5600. If you want to react to that or anything else, we only have one more show full show left. That's tomorrow. So about 20 more minutes. If you want to get involved, we'll take your calls. You're listening to the McFarland show, Nashville sports
9: radio.
15: In Tennessee, 967,430 people struggle with hunger, and 295,570 of them are children. That's one in seven who struggle with hunger, in the community. God has blessed our mission to be a healthy food source to those in need so much. By Faith Farm had to create a nonprofit to continue meeting the need in the community on a larger scale. Visit by to get involved. That's by FaithFarm.com.
14: Michael Fabiano here, and if you want even more excitement on game day, it's time to get on prize picks, the best way to win big on fantasy sports. Here's how it works: just pick two to six players and choose more or less on their stats. If you get them right, you can win up to 25 times your cash. It's quick and easy to make your picks. And with fast and safe deposits and withdrawals, PrizePix is the place to play this season. PrizePix has awesome weekly promotions, and they're the only daily fantasy platform with an injury insurance policy, keeping you in the game even if one of your players goes down. Watch your entry update in real time and continue the fun by making picks on second half and fourth quarter stats. And right now, when you go to prizepicks.com primetime and use code primetime, prizepicks is matching your first deposit up to $100. That's prizepicks.com primetime with code primetime for a 100% deposit match. Prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for details.
4: With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi trailer leasing company. It's starleasing.com to learn more. The TSU Tigers men's basketball team of fifth year coach Penny Collins are coming off a top three OVC finish last season and looking for much more this season. Led by preseason all conference guards Marcus Fitzgerald and Kenyon Hodges, the Tigers face an impressive non conference schedule that includes Oregon, Lipscomb, Austin P., Indiana State, and Liberty and tip off a league play on December 28th at Gentry Center versus UT Martin. Hello, this is Greg Pogue inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson on. All of the games this season, right here on Nashville Sports Radio, WNSR.
5: Give us a call, 615 844 5600. The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. 615
1: 844 5600 as you listen to the McFarland Show. Let's go to Eric, who's called in. Eric, what's up?
6: Hey, guys. A uh, couple of things. Even though just you announced the Juicy Pals matchups, you got to remember, one of those games we will not see because it will be on Peacock if you got the streaming service. The thing is, I got Peacock, but I still won't get it free. I'd have to pay another fee on top of it if I want to see it, which I ain't doing.
11: I forgot about so,
6: that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also another thing, I agree with you Death could lose Tampa Bay wouldn't surprise me but if you remember dallas played at tampa bay last year and the buccaneers were game under 500 that was tom brady's last game and the kicker for the cowboys missed four extra points yep that's yep. right mm-hmm. Yep, yeah so let me get to my top 10 i hemmed and hauled who well i was going to put it not at number 10 i thought about tampa bay i thought about pittsburgh and seattle but actually i went with the rams Who's 8 and 7, who's looked pretty good. I think they won four out of the last five or five out of the last yeah. six. So, I heavily considered nope. them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The, the really only game. game they lost was, of course, I believe it was the overtime game to the Ravens, where the guy they had the punt return for whatever walk up, punt mm-hmm. return, whatever it was That's to right. lose. Yep. And the Rams, though, to make the playoffs, they may have to beat the 49ers. Other than the NFC Championship game, they've lost something like seven in a row or eight in a row to the Niners. So <laughs> good luck with that. By the I way, the Rams you? have done, yeah.
1: just like Detroit, an exceptional mm-hmm. job in drafting.
6: All those cats
1: no. that you didn't hear about
6: until this year yeah, when they yeah. exploded, those are all draft yeah. picks. Yeah, and the thing was, is that, of course, they gave up a lot of those picks to win the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. you got to say I'm smart. They're, uh, they're late round draft
1: picks, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Fifth, yeah. No, you're fourth, right. You're fifth, right. Fifth, sixth, seventh round
6: draft picks. Yeah. cool. Poon- Poon- He's what? Fifth games, round? Yeah. Fifth yeah, round, yeah, I think? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number nine, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. And you're right. I think they should, Antonio Pierce. I agree with you guys. But from what I'm hearing, they're still going to go through a coaching search at the end of the season. So we'll, we'll of course, see so the what Raiders. happens. Yes, mm-hmm, yes. Yeah, sure. yeah. I got the Buffalo Bills at number eight. I've got the Dallas Cowboys at number seven. I've got the Cleveland Browns at number six. I've got the Philadelphia Eagles at number five. I've got the Detroit Lions at number four. I've got the San Francisco 49ers at number three. I've got the Miami Dolphins at number two. And I've got the Baltimore Ravens at number one. There's the thing, guys, if if Miami wins this Sunday, they'll win the division. But Buffalo still will be fighting for the playoffs. But if they win this week and then next week gets Buffalo, they'll have the number one seed. So it's also going to be interesting to see what is the final Sunday night game of the year because there's a lot of different possibilities. Guys, whether it's Indy and the uh, Texans, Miami and Buffalo, although uh, they may try and protect that game. Another one's the Rams and San Francisco. We've got a plethora of interesting games to choose from. Guys, I'll get off and let y'all get to some other calls. I probably won't be calling tomorrow because I'm planning to go see the Iron Claw.
2: Y'all take care. We'll talk to you you soon. Thank you, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, sir.
1: Puka Nakua was a fifth-round pick by the Rams.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: He's a, what, a rookie? Yeah, he's a rookie. Mm. He has 96 receptions, 1,327 yards receiving, and five touchdowns. Fifth-round pick. Yeah. Rookie receiver. Mm. There's no secret. The reason this team, a big, big reason, I've said it all year, and this just continues to reiterate that statement. Until this team starts figuring out their draft picks, they they have dug themselves this hole because they are not hitting on their draft picks. You have got to hit. Like, it's one thing to miss terribly on the first-round picks, but you look these. I understand. Like you're not going to hit all the time on these. These Pukua, Nakua, you know Puka yeah. Nakua picks fifth round. You're not going to hit those. You know you know what I mean. They're going to do that every year. Like that's, it doesn't happen like that. But you know what? You have to do it every once in a while. <laughs> Floyd Reese used to do it. I can tell you that. They had some guy. Cortland Finnegan was the seventh round draft. Yes, player. he was. Drew Bennett was an undrafted guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry. Or not, Henry? Or Tony? Tony? What was the the guy from Memphis? Tony? What
2: position? I'm sorry,
1: uh, defensive lineman. Uh, Tony Ford? Tony Ford? There was was a Henry. Henry. Henry, There was a Henry Ford. Tony
2: Smith. Tony Smith
1: from Memphis Mm -hmm. on the street.
2: Okay, on the street.
1: Right. and, And those those are just you know some examples that come like they. You have to be able to. The Lions have done. Aiden Hutchinson was their first run pick. Yeah. That's that's what happens when you hit on a high draft pick. That's, yeah. a, that's the impact yeah. they can have, yeah. right? You have to be able to make these picks work. You do. And I, I do understand why there's some fans that, you know, like Eric called in yesterday and was like, I just want them to lose. Like, I don't want them to win these games. I want them to get a higher draft pick. Because typically, typically, typically. when you're in the top 10, You're supposed to have a very impactful player. Supposed
2: to. There is a, supposed to be, a Pro Bowl, All-Pro, if not a future Hall of Famer there for the taking in every single draft class. If you look back through the history, Mm -hmm. if you look back through that first round and those first 10, chances are you'll find someone who was really, really, really good that your team... Could have used, didn't pick because you thought you had that position solidified at the time, so you passed on him or whatever. But those are where the picks are. Or, you know, typically, that's where the picks come from. Those are where the players come from.
1: So this is going to be, as we know, a huge, huge offseason because of all the money they have to spend and another draft that they have got to start figuring out these draft picks. Like, Peter Skaronski has been better than what they've been drafting in the first round.
2: The bar was low,
1: but right. But it's not like you're going, oh my gosh, they have you know this this kid's a home run, right? No, no, not no. quite. No, he, no he's, no, not, yeah, he's no. been,
2: he's been. I mean, he, uh, but the bar was low, right? He's playing. That's that's good. It's good. That's good. He's actually on the field. Yeah, he's in the NFL. Yes. That's good. That's good. And playing for the Titans.
1: But he's not that, oh my gosh, no-brainer, like, wow. They, like, okay, Well,
2: they got that one right. He's the only guy re- guaranteed to return back on the offensive line next year.
8: Yeah, that's right.
2: That's right. Everybody right, else.
1: Take our final break, come back, wrap up Wednesday's edition of the McFarland Show next.
8: In a single moment, everything can change.
13: We all know that Nashville life can get hectic. In the middle of all the madness it is like, don't forget to take care of yourself. Treat yourself to Nashville's ultimate relaxation experience at Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel. With services for men and women, mokara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel is your one-stop shop for full-body treatment. Begin your experience in the exquisite relaxation room, then enjoy a full-body treatment or even a couple's massage before finishing in the salon. Located on the fourth floor of the Omni Nashville Hotel, Makara Spa is Nashville's highest quality self-care oasis to book your experience or gain information on packages call macara spa today at 615-761-3600 again 615-761-3600 or log on to the omnihotel.com and with every booking you'll have free valet parking and rooftop pool access to enjoy the music city skyline and through labor day enjoy the fourth floor spa terrace for only twenty dollars macara spa at the omni nashville hotel fifth avenue downtown
15: And now, Paramount Roofing and Exteriors is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. This message is brought to you by Paramount Roofing and Exteriors, serving Middle Tennessee. For all your roofing and exterior needs, give the pros a call today at 615-635-1790. 615-635-1790. That's Paramount Roofing and Exteriors, LLC. Going the extra mile for safety,
0: they're professionals who care. This is the Greg Fogue and John Burton Show. Couldn't be happier for you. Well, Papa a pogue. 1226
4: a.m. yesterday morning. Grace, uh, Alice Rose, 8 pounds, 1 ounce, mm. 20 inches, uh, and uh, all is well. I didn't cry uh, when I held her for the first time. Mm. I'd already cried the first time I saw her.
0: Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio
5: you're listening to the mcfarland show live on wnsr nashville sports radio predators
1: back on the ice for the first time since that heartbreaking loss
5: to the Stars
1: on Saturday afternoon where they give up two goals in the final 15 seconds to lose Jeez. to Dallas 3-2. So we'll see if they can uh, wash that stank away. Going into the Christmas break, that had to have been brutal to, to mm-hmm. sit on that. But they'll come back out at Bridgestone Arena tonight. 7 o'clock puck drop against the Carolina Hurricanes. a team that they just recently beat uh, a couple games ago. Yeah. In a crazy 6-5. 6-5 thriller in OT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see uh, how that plays out tonight. Carolina 17, 13 and 4. The Predators are 19 and 15 on the season. And then they will play Friday night in Detroit against the Red Wings. Friday night at 6 o'clock mm-hmm. up there. So we'll see how that plays out tonight. As I mentioned, Askaroff was on the ice this morning, uh, recalled from Milwaukee uh during morning skate I, I don't know what all that means i don't know if he's getting a start tonight i don't know if it's, just, it's there because and is under the weather like i said i know a lot of people are under the weather right now and so this time of year things do go around and especially in rooms right yeah and they don't want if you got it they want you out of there and <laughs> you know they don't want you traveling with the team and that's how that works they Stay away. The, right they don't want the whole room uh, in fact, so I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means Soros is under that. So I don't know. Yeah. I just know that they recalled a scar off and um, I haven't seen who's getting the, if uh, Andrew Burnett said who was getting the start tonight against Carolina. So we'll see. By the way, that we'll game see. was like a week or so ago. And it was a, when you said a crazy game in oh, Carolina.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy so, game and great win for the Preds.
1: Yeah. And so they're going to get that series mm-hmm. over with in about a week's time. <laughs> Because <laughs> they only play twice a year. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it. the East versus so, West. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Play each, at each other's place, and and we're done. Call it a regular season, and we're done. Yeah, uh, some bowl games that are going on too. A nasty one. Yeah, between Virginia Tech and Tulane. The
2: Military Bowl. Ugh, it's a wet mess up there, and somewhere in Maryland, it's uh, forty-one to twenty Virginia Tech. With the lead over Tulane, uh, they're in the fourth quarter. Looks like about midway through the fourth quarter. And
1: the Vols got a big time receiver from Tulane from the transfer portal, who's obviously not playing in this game.
2: Next year, it's Nico
1: time. Nico time on New Year's Day down in Orlando in the Cheesa Bowl. So that was the news this morning. Joe Milton will sit it out. He'll be in attendance on the sidelines with his team, but not gonna play. It is Nico time. Uh, also, Russell Wilson has been benched as well for the Broncos. They're yeah. going to go with Jarrett Stidham.
2: I can't wait to hear the justification for this.
1: Cannot wait. We shall see. And that will do it for us today. One more show to go tomorrow. Uh, don't forget, Bill Keane gets things started at 6 o'clock. Greg and John, 9 to 11. We'll see you tomorrow, 2 o'clock.